Bird Gang? Well, that was fun. On today's show, to beat that team like that on their home turf, yeah, impressive to say the least. A lot to be said about this one. It's yet another Victory Monday. We all could get used to this, couldn't we? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 476, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Without question, a statement was made, and statements is in all caps, bold, underlined, you name it, MJ. A statement to the fan base, a statement to the rest of the NFC West, a statement to the entire National Football League. Yes, the 2021 Arizona Cardinals are for real. I'll say this, Craig. I, I thought it would be a great litmus test, and you know, you know how I've been bullish about this offense. And you know, clearly, you're not going to play a perfect game, but the way Kyler Murray looked in training camp, and people are going to go, "Well, it was training camp." Well, you're seeing the, the upside between him and Cliff Kingsbury, and what this offense can look like, and I think it's very sustainable. You know, there's going to be a week where maybe they're going to try to run a mush uh, defense, uh, but I think, you know, based on what the Cardinals' offense has done. It's going to keep some defensive coordinators up at night because you got to pick your poison. They have weapons, and, and you got to give the players a lot of credit. They were focused. Uh, they knew what was at stake, and the fact that they lined up and ran the football for over 200 yards, and usually uh, the Rams have been the more physical team, and they were not on Sunday. So I give the Cardinals a lot of credit. They knew what was at stake. It was a great litmus test for me to see where they stood around the National Football League. It's funny you mention sustainable because that's going to be the one thing that if you are not a fan of Kingsbury, not a fan of Kyler Murray, not a fan of the Cardinals, that bird gang is what you're going to hear. That is the word, sustainable. I'll say this, though, before we get into what we saw on Sunday, 37-20, the final score as the Cardinals beat the Rams. Sustainable? If Kyler Murray gets hurt, no, it's not sustainable. Okay, Tom Brady gets hurt. No, it's not sustainable in Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. No, it's not sustainable in Green Bay. Any single quarterback who gets hurt, it's not sustainable. So that's an argument that I hope gets pushed aside, gets ignored, because I'll get upset, and I'm upset right now because I've already heard it, that it's not sustainable. From, Folks, the, from the national media? From the national media already. Low-hanging fruit. And enjoy it. Four weeks, small sample size. But enjoy it. This is fun, especially if you're a Cardinals fan. You wake up this morning here on Monday, you are the only undefeated team in the NFC. You are in first place in the NFC West. What's not to like? Again, uh, we're going to break the game down because obviously that's the most uh, recent thing that happened. But, you know, even though, you know, people will mention that Cliff had a losing record, they ran the ball for an average 140 yards. It's not like they were throwing the ball 60, 70 times. That's hell mummy. That's uh, – that's. Um, You're talking about a Texas Tech. Texas Tech. I'm just saying, though, you, there's this notion, and when you hear something over and over, it becomes perception. Well, that's the air right. It's not sustainable. It won't last the whole year. Hey, listen, Kyler Murray, he was sacked three times yesterday, but he's not running as much. He's sitting in the pocket going through his progression. So, 
Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a game where maybe they don't score 30 points. But, you know, going in, that other team has to figure out, can we stop them? Can we put pressure on them? And can we score 30 points? Otherwise, it's going to be a long day. Chase Edmonds post game, who by the way had an ice pack on his right shoulder, he said he was fine. But post game brought up air raid, and we need to just—and I'm paraphrasing here—we need to just put that away because that is not what this offense is. They are running the football, they are throwing the football, and once again, some creativity. We're seeing two backs, Rondell Moore in the backfield, a tight end screen, a lot of different weapons for this offense, and I understand that. And, and, and I'm a, I, I understand what Kingsbury said afterwards. Quote, we wanted to get a week better. He was not going to get into the eight-game losing streak to Sean McVay. He was not going to get into that side of the storyline, rightfully so. But I hope privately, Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, for as much heat as they have both received since they arrived in 2019, I hope privately, we're never going to know publicly, but I hope privately both of them took a step back and enjoyed the moment walking off the field at SoFi Stadium with the win for the first time for them, six straight losses to the Los Angeles, excuse me, four straight losses to the Los Angeles Rams. And now that is in the past. We no longer have to talk about that eight-game losing streak. That is gone. It's the present. It's the future. And that was the approach I, I actually took last week. And, and again, it was Tom Brady. I just listened to him and how much wisdom he was talking about going back to Foxborough. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of talking about the hammer and the nail. So I took a different approach to where if and one of my number one keys, if the Cardinals can score 30 or more points, uh, they're going to win this football game. And clearly they did that. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, they're still running 11 and 12 personnel. Uh, yeah, I think if you look at the Bills, maybe the Chiefs now, um, they're running some 10 personnel. But the Cardinals are still running a lot of 11 personnel, three wide, one tight, one back. And they're also running 12 personnel where you get two tight ends on there. They're running two running backs along with Rondell Moore and Kyler Murray. So, again, you, you got to pick your poison when you want to shut somebody down. We, we, we go into every single game, okay, if you can contain this guy. Well, they have weapons, and that's the reason why I think his completion percentage is higher, his average per, per attempt is higher, and he's comfortable. I mean, he's very confident. I mean, I, like I said, I, I was bullish the way I saw training camp, and I – you know, I know people were disappointed about the preseason, but at the end of the day, and he played like an MVP early in the season. Now, they got to keep him healthy, as you pointed out, because it's not sustainable, uh, nothing against Colt McCoy. You still have to run the offense. But in, in the NFL, Craig, you got to get lucky sometimes. And the football gods have been on the Cardinals' side. We've been on the other side many, many times. And you got to get, you got to stay healthy, and that's part of you know the process of going through an entire season. Plus, this year, 17 games, four and zero for the first time since 2012, opening a season with three straight road wins for the first time since 2009. Again, the final from SoFi Stadium, 37 to 20. Cardinals beat the Rams, beat them handily. That final score not indicative of just how much dominance the Cardinals displayed on offense and defense. So where do we want to go here? Where do we want to begin on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals? Is it the offense or is it the defense? Well, let's start with the offense from a standpoint of 
you know, they are on the. I think they were on their one yard line. And, and, what is it? The, the one right one yard line. Talking about the twelve play, ninety four yard drive in the fourth quarter. Yes, they yes. started at the one. One. That's what I thought. They ran every single down, and that to me was we're gonna. Uh, obviously, if you've got a lead, we're going to protect it. Very similar to what they did um, maybe in the um, in the Titans game in the fourth quarter when Connor had the ball like 13 times. So I just thought that was impressive. Um, you know, Max Garcia, Josh Jones didn't have a great day. Um, obviously, they're trying to get back Kelvin Beecham, but Max Garcia did a great job. Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh playing with a back injury, DJ Humphreys. So I, I just think, you know, when the Cardinals wanted to line up and we always talk about winning the game in the trenches and being physical at the point of attack, I felt like they accomplished that yesterday against a really good front seven Rams team. 216 rushing yards for the Cardinals. That averages to 5.4 yards per carry. That's outstanding. And on that drive, Chase Edmonds, in addition to that 54-yard run, a career long for him, he rushed the ball six times for 80 three yards on that drive alone that took just over eight and a half minutes or almost eight and a half minutes off the clock we talked about it week one you brought it up in Tennessee you get a lead you use the pass to get a lead double digits and then you run out the clock week four you use the pass to get a lead a double digit lead then you run out the clock it's a recipe that every team hopes to have and at the end of the day you're balanced but Cardinals rushed the ball 40 times against a very good Rams defense. Not as good as a year ago, but they, I think, will be there at some point this season. So, yeah, able to run the football and run it very, very effectively. And no turnovers. Yes. I mean, because, again, that's, you know, if you're going to beat the Rams, you know, compared to the last eight times, I mean, you have to, you know, steal a possession. You have to win the turnover battle. Well, they didn't turn the ball over, and they went eight for 13 on third down. That's 62%. Now, you know how I feel about time of possession, and it can be less misleading. It's what you do when you get the ball, and the Cardinals are taking advantage of that. But, Craig, if you go back to the um, the first um, the first half um, and time of possession, I mean, after the first quarter, the Cardinals held the ball 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 9 and change, 9 and change. The second, third, and fourth quarter, they ran 75 offensive plays. For the entire game. And ball control, make sure you are effective in the ground game, move the sticks. In addition to that 8 of 13 on third down, 4 of 6 on third and 5 or less. And those were numbers that we did not see in weeks 2 and 3. You keep the offense on the field, that means Matthew Stafford is on the sideline watching Kyler Murray. Yeah, Cardinals had the ball for 5 minutes and 25 seconds in the first quarter. Rams had it for 9.35. Next quarter, Cardinals 10-10. Next quarter, 9-54. Next quarter, 9-41. They held the ball for 35 minutes. And there's a little stat out there, and I think I, I heard it from Sean McVay. As long as you how – mu how much time you possess the ball, you should get a minute for every time you possess the ball. Well, the Cardinals scored 37, and they held the ball for 35. So that's right on cue what the Rams like to do. I'm sure that's – pretty prevalent or prevalent around the league but I knew it never knew that I'm thinking wow that's if you hold the ball for 27 minutes is that only 27 points but here they held it for 35 and they scored 37 and they could have scored 
a heck of a lot more. I'll get into that because that was part of the narrative and discussion post-game at least from Kingsbury, Murray, and Chase Edmonds. But this is what the Cardinals accomplished. There's going to be a lot of notes because all we heard going into the game against the Rams was how good that defense was. Well, they had not allowed any first quarter points through three games. The Cardinals scored seven points in the first quarter. They had only allowed 20 first-half points all season. Cardinals had 24 points in the first half. Yesterday was the first time they had a two-score deficit this season. That was the first time. And and when you look at it, I mean, it's – you know, we talked about it, you know, put pressure on on Matthew Stafford. But uh, I just just like the way this offense is humming, and they're not relying on one guy. You look at some of these numbers – Seven different pass catchers for the second straight week. Kyler Murray spreading the ball around as we discussed going into the contest, but the balance as far as targets and receiving yards. No one had more than seven targets. That was DeAndre Hopkins. And the leading receivers, A.J. Green and Hopkins, each had 67 receiving yards. Max Williams was 66. That is balance that any head coach would love. Now, individually maybe some guys would like to see some more numbers behind their name but at the end of the day you're winning ball games and everyone has a hand in it that's got to count for something yeah and you look at christian kirk he had one catch uh for for five yards and he played he played the majority uh, obviously chase Edmonds provided you know something in the passing game um targeted five times for four for 19 yards he had a nine yard run um, you look at Chase Edmonds, 12 carries, 120 yards. Um, you know, he had the 54-yard run. And that's what I like about Chase. And Connor, we're starting to see him more um, in the passing game. He did have a couple receptions for 16 yards. One was a nine-yard catch. I think we go in the last game, and he made a really good uh, uh, catch from Kyler. It's kind of a, you know, he had a reach for it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just like the way Chase is running. Um you know, I, I always say he looks fast. I think he just looks quicker to me. He hits the hole. He's in great shape. Uh, you could see he spent a ton of time in the office just working on his lower body. I mean, he's a thick little guy, and uh, I just like the one-two punch they got there. Kyler, very pedestrian running, six for 39 yards. He had an 18-yard run. Uh, what was it, third and 17? Third, and he converted. There were two long conversions in the game. There was the third and 16 in which Kyler scampered for 18. There was the third and 14 in which he threw underneath to Rondell Moore, and he took it the rest of the way and a gain of 16 yards. Using his feet to buy time, extra protection for him within the pocket to elude the rush, and then looking for his playmakers. He's running. He was the leading rusher at halftime. In the second half, he didn't need to run the football. But I think, and Edmonds brought this up post-game to the media in Los Angeles, he thought that they only had one design run for Kyler Murray. And so when plays are breaking down, yeah, that's the luxury of having a Kyler Murray. But he's not looking to run first. And how many times a year ago was he looking to run first because that was the only option that was going to gain any positive yards within the offense. That's something that he did not want to have happen here again in 2021, and we talked about it. We did not want it to happen again, and it's not. Yeah. It, it, the way I look at that is 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 the fact that, you know, last year I think when they were 5-2 and two or 6-3, and three, you know, he was on pace for 4,000 yards when it was at close to 1,000 rushing yards. Correct. And – 
you know, and we know the last couple seasons late in the year, you know, whether it's a hamstring or a shoulder, he hasn't been 100%. But I, I think he's doing a much better job scanning the field, um, going through her p- progressions, and, you know, he's, he's he can make the check down now. Before it was hop and then pro- improvise and get out of the pocket and try to make a play, um, he's definitely made strides there. And, again, you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive coaching staff. I don't know if we talk about, you know, Sean Jefferson and Steve Hyden and, and James Saxon. We always talk about Coogs and, and Cam Turner. I mean, he's those guys are on the same page. He's the one that wears the green hat on, on game day, and they're really close. And so I just like the the offensive staff where each unit each week is stepping up. It's not just one. It's not like it's just the receivers. The tight ends, when given the opportunity, look at Max Williams again yesterday. I mean, um, five catches for 66 yards, and he, he took a big shot too. And, and we know that there's a chemistry down the seam. Um, you're obviously going to have to put your body on the line, but Kyler trusts Max Williams in this offense. Well, look at the numbers now through four games for Kyler Murray. He is number one in the league in completion percentage at just over 75%. He is number two in passing yards, yards per attempt, and total touchdowns with 12. He is a top five quarterback as far as numbers, but he's backing it up with wins going into this week now 4-0. and oh, And we're going to hear a lot more about Kyler Murray, and it is all deserved. And he has earned to be a part of this conversation. I know you joked after week one about, you know, the MVP odds. Well, that's going to come up again this week because we're now a quarter of the way into the season. Four games in a 17-game regular season schedule. It's a little bit less, but we're going to still kind of break it down into quarters. Name me another quarterback. Okay, Dak Prescott, I know the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to get a lot of love because of the Dallas Cowboys, but don't discount what the Arizona Cardinals have done on an offensive end. Yes, it's all because of Kyler Murray, but it's not because of Kyler Murray alone. Craig, they're they're averaging 31 uh, rushing attempts a game. Uh, I'm a big fan of running the ball 30 times. Now the analytics will tell you, well, you don't need it to run it that much, Uh, you know, I understand what they're saying. You can't run the ball 50 times a game and win. I get that. But that's a nice little number right there, 31. And you start looking at their balance on offense and and the passing and rushing game, it's not overwhelming. I mean, you know, you look at Kyler Murray uh, when it comes to him, you know, um, his his completion percentage, we talked about how, how it's, you know, it's at the all-time high and what he's done as a player. But when I see – um, the, the season stats when it comes to Kyler Murray, they're, okay, the Cardinals have rushed 124 times, okay? Five, 546, 4.4, which is an improvement from a week ago, seven rushing touchdowns. Kyler Murray's completing 102 receptions, so 124 running and 102 receptions. I mean, you're never going to be 50-50, but who would have thought that? The way they're throwing the football around. It's balance, and that's – darn near 50-50, and I'm impressed because it's year three. It's the evolution of Kingsbury as a head coach slash play caller, Kyler Murray as a quarterback, understanding what he can and cannot do in the National Football League, still going to take his chances, and he's earned that right. But this offense, year three, we anticipated a big jump to year two. We got it. They just couldn't quite get over the hump as far as getting into the postseason. But now – 4-0, and two of those wins, impressive victories against two teams, the Titans and Rams, that everyone going into this year had pegged not just for postseason, 
but perhaps Super Bowl contenders as well, and the Cardinals just basically dismissed them, pushed them off the field, literally, as far as the offensive line and defensive line. Yeah, I mean, he's 102 for 134, 1,273 yards, 76%. We talked about his yards per attempt, 9-5. That's the highest he's been in, in his career. Nine touchdowns, four interceptions, no turnovers on, on Sunday. And after four games, he's only been sacked eight times. I mean, Yes, I mean, they're going to be games, he, you know, last week, I think, what, what was he, yesterday he was sacked three times? Correct, yeah. although one of those he ran out of bounds. Okay, and um, one other thing, since we're talking about the Cardinals' offense, um, before we get into the defense, because they definitely uh, are worthy of talking about, is Aaron Donald. We knew about Ramsey, and, and we did mention Leonard Floyd a few different times because I don't think he gets, uh, I think he gets lost in the equation because you got Ramsey and then, you know, Taylor Rapp has been a really good player against the Cardinals. He's a tackling machine back there. But Aaron Donald, I think we were all looking for the Rodney Hudson, Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald is lining up on the outside. And give Hump a lot of credit. And Josh Jones, um, he didn't grade out as well as he did the week before. Um, but the Cardinals did get him some help over there at some point to kind of slow things down. But Aaron Donald, he didn't make that impact play. Uh, you know, early, I think going into the fourth quarter, he had two tackles unassisted, and then he had four, as you pointed out in the postgame show. So, I um, mean, you, you, you go into the game, you're thinking, all right, he's going to get a couple tackle for losses, he may get a couple quarterback hits. Uh, but they they basically contained him. He was not the factor that all week we spent about Aaron Donald. And give credit to the offensive line. That was the scary part of this matchup was Aaron Donald inside with what you don't know what's going to happen at left guard and right guard because Justin Pugh and Justin Murray both deal with back injuries and you kick out Josh Jones to right tackle because Kelvin Beecham's not available and it all centered around literally the center Rodney Hudson who once again got praised post-game by the head coach, by the quarterback and even Chase Edmonds as well. You know, you want to talk about MVPs through four games, he's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but I'll raise my hand and say Rodney Hudson, the MVP of the Arizona Cardinals offensively through four games without a single stat whatsoever. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but I would give it to Sean Kugler. (laughs) Maybe they can split it. We're splitting hairs here. Yeah, listen, we know when they made that trade and the fact that he was available, I mean, it just – uh, it's just it's the little things that you hear about. I mean, we knew that he's going to help Kyler with the calls. That's huge. Uh, don't don't just undermine that. That is huge. When he goes to the line, he has an idea. Um, and then the fact is, when they go to the sidelines, he's kind of the voice of reason. Um, so no, I mean they they hit a home run there. And, and again, it's about staying healthy. But to me, I can see this offense getting better, maybe more. You know. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know how they can get better from a point standpoint, but I would think, you know, there's some things they need to clean up, some penalties still, and maybe I'm nitpicking, but I'm really excited about this offense. And defensively, you know, I think it was Kyle Vandenbosch we were talking during the game, and he said Cardinals have become more of a bend-don't-break defense where they're going to show up, they're going to force some turnovers, they may give up some plays. But at the end of the day, you know they're going to bring their hard hat. And I, and I think that was a good analogy. Let me go back to what you just said about the offense. Like, where can they get better? They scored 37 points. Once again, they hit the 30-point mark, 400-yard offense mark for the fourth straight game. First time any Cardinals team has done that in franchise history as we continue talking about a very impressive 37-20 to win by the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Rams. It is 
Cardinals covered two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, I have to laugh because, yeah, you hit that 37 points and you're like, okay, well, can they get better? Because Kingsbury brought it up, Kyler Murray brought it up, very stone-faced when asked about the offense. Well, we can get better. Just It wasn't all great. You know, there were some issues. We still scored. No stalled drives. But, yes, they made it harder on themselves with penalties, holding calls, false starts. And then I do think there will be two situations in which the entire offensive staff, and I think Kyler Murray knows as well, there were two trips inside the red zone that they kicked field goals. And it wasn't just trips inside the red zone. It was first and goal to go. That you have to punch it in. One time in the second quarter, first and goal at the five, field goal. That was right before the end of the first half where you could really put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, against the Rams. And then in the fourth quarter on that 12-play, 94-yard scoring drive, they had it first and goal at the six. Had to settle for a field goal. Punch it in there. Just it's just a little bit more emphatic of a of a statement if you will and i know it, we're splitting hairs here but that 40 point mark have yet to see it with a cliff kingsbury offense so those two situations goal to go you can't settle for field goals and i think that is where this team will look back and say okay where can we get better offensively and yes they did have a three and out which you never like to see but they had two of them and that's something that Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are going to look and say, we can't go three and out. We have to help our defense. We have to stay on the field. So, yes, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here, but those those are some situations that when you look back at things that you can correct, I just gave you two. I mean, I guess uh, how, how they can get better is scoring 40 points under Kingsbury because they've been close. If Prater didn't miss a field goal, they would have had 40 points uh, prior, um, but he's been money. The the way I look at it is they only punted twice. They went on a 10, 12, 17 play drive. They had a nine in there. They had four drives that were, were I want to say, double digits. Maybe it was three and then the nine. But the, the fact is that they – and they're chewing up the clock and they're moving the sticks and they converted on third down. So, yeah, you can you, – I mean, again – they had 75 offensive plays. You normally don't. You usually get 65, 68, and it, you know it depends on how much you have the ball. But when they possess the ball for, you know, 34, 35 minutes, I mean, you you have to get a ton of plays in there, and you have to go on long drives, and they did it. So I, that, again, the only thing I'm missing is is scoring 40 points. But I'll, I'll if they score 27 and they win, I won't bat an, uh, bat an eye. Cardinals scored on seven of their eight possessions following a three and out on their opening drive, and yet we're going to hear Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and the entire offense all week long, we can get better. And, yes, they can because everyone strives for perfection. Can you imagine uh, if uh, somebody asked Cliff today, you know, how can this offense get better? And he's going to go, well, uh, I watched a film this morning, and we left about 15 points on the board. Uh, we could do a better job, and he could probably – run off about five or six different things where the naked eye or even the guys like us that cover the team may have. I mean, once he says it, you oh, okay, I can go back to that play and look at it. But there's probably five or six things that Jeff Rogers says we need to work on. Vance Joseph, I mean, he's going to talk about the run defense, the run the run uh, gaps. And once again, uh, there were some free runs there for, for Henderson. And, you know, again, gap discipline, gap control, gap integrity. Um, we get into all that, and 
but but I, I do think when the Cardinals needed to make plays, they, they were obviously uh, you know beneficial from them playing physically. Add it all up, Cardinals with 37 points. The Rams just 20, although they'll put a little asterisk on that 20 because really that defense only allowed one touchdown the entire ball game. That end of the game score, I mean, it counts, but um, that's just, I mean, all you have to do is look at how Robert Woods reacted to scoring that touchdown. He got the ball and literally just tossed it aside like, I can't believe that this is what's happening to us here on this Sunday in week four. All right, so let's let's switch about let's let's talk about Vance Joseph because for me that was more impressive than what the offense did. And we're, you know, twenty five minutes into this edition of Cardinals Covered Two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and I continue week in and week out more and more impressed by Coach Joseph because it's not the halftime adjustments, it's the in game adjustments. If you wait until halftime, you've waited too long. But let's talk about first the run defense because in that opening quarter, 68 rushing yards. It did not look good. But the rest of the game, just 53 rushing yards, quarters two, three, and four. And I'm okay, much like last week against Jacksonville. One drive, that rush defense had leakage. Other than that, it was very solid. Now, at the end of the day, you look at what the Rams did, 121 yards on the ground, 5.3 yards per carry. That is not great, yet at the end of the day, it's points, and that defense only allowed 20, although, again, a little asterisk for me. And no rushing touchdowns. I mean, usually when they get down there, they're very efficient, whether it's throwing or running. But in this case, you know, Henderson, 14 carries, 89 yards, average about 6.4. He had a 15-yard long run. Yeah, but but if if you want to even go a step further, how much uh, all week we talked about Cooper Cup? He was targeted 13 times, five catches, 64 yards. Some came in the second half. They held him out of the end zone. I thought that hit by Jalen Thompson uh, when he hit him by the sidelines. I mean that that was a that was, that was a legal hit, and uh, he's lay, he was laying the lumber there, and he's a, he's a thumper out there. Then you look at Robert Woods. You know I don't you know I'm sure he's not happy with his touches, but you know if they're winning. He, he had four catches, 48 yards. Higby, four for 36. Deshaun Jackson had one catch for six yards. And we talked about, you know, not letting the, the wide receivers get behind the defense. And so I think they did a good job with that. Now, Sean Jefferson's son, Vance Jefferson, he had six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. So uh, that must have been a nice conversation after the game where, hey, you played well and we beat you. Exactly. A win-win for <laughs> Coach Jefferson on Sunday because he got the W, which was most important, yet at the same time his son got in the end zone. So all in good, all is good for the uh, Jefferson family. But, uh, again, as much as the conversation heading into this contest was about Matthew Stafford, two times in three games, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Cooper Cup, NFC Offensive Player of the Month, and the number of different weapons Matthew Stafford had and how effective he is and how efficient he is within this offense. And Vance Joseph probably heard all that. I mean, he doesn't listen to any of us or read anything, but understood what was in front of them and had a perfect game plan. And because the Rams... They didn't do anything. I mean, outside of that first quarter, they did not do anything. It was 10-7 with 52 seconds to go after Stafford hooked up with Vance or Van Jefferson, and that was the only time, well, that was the last time the Rams had a lead in the ball game, and the last time the Rams were able to move the football at all. 
you know, I was thinking, you know, last week, maybe on Wednesday or Thursday, okay, uh, Vance has been here long enough. He knows what McVay's tendencies are and traits and, you know, how he tries to get you in space and use the entire field. I'm like, they're going to have to try something different this week. And they did. Uh, they went more nickel and dime than they had in the past. Uh, there, there were times we'd see two linemen in the game. There were some times we saw three. Um, and you, you can't say enough about how Jordan Hicks is playing because, you know, he's he's the captain in that middle of the defense. And Thompson had 10 tackles. Marco Wilson, eight. Hicks had eight. Buda Baker had eight. Isaiah Simmons, seven. Alford got a lot of playing time, and I like his physicality. And then Byron Murphy, I mean, they, the plan was to put Murphy on Cooper Cup in the slot, and we know he can play inside or outside, but when you get a guy like Antonio Hamilton and uh, the Cardinals feel good about those four corners, and I think there was you know a lot of concern after Malcolm Butler went AWOL, um, but I think they're doing a good job, and now it's a matter of the front seven coming together. But that, to me, uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, he's playing a really high level. And he's keeping Zayvon Collins off the field. Four snaps. For Zayvon Collins, four defensive snaps for Zayvon Collins. Right now, he's not needed. It's a storyline. If this team was not 4-0, but for right now, it is a good problem to have, much like Kyler Murray and the number of different offensive weapons that he has to throw to. But I do like what Jordan Hicks is doing. I like what Isaiah Simmons is doing, despite that roughing the passer penalty. That's one of those... You know it's a foul, yet I can't fault Isaiah Simmons because you're there in the middle. There's a lot of uh, bodies around you. You're getting a lot of push, and his hand did hit the helmet of Stafford, which negated Marco Wilson's interception. It's unfortunate, but plays like that happen. It is a foul bird game because if Kyler Murray is going to get a roughing the passer penalty on him when he was sacked late in that contest by Leonard Floyd, that was picked up because a roughing the passer penalty when Floyd got his hand in the face mask. That's just the way this game is called. It revolves around the quarterback and protecting the quarterback. So, um, as we say, it's much easier to say whoa than sick him, and I like the aggressiveness of an Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I, I I think he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. He can cover tight ends. We know he can play in the slot. He can rush the passer. He's he's good in coverage. Um, you know, he can sit there and make the tackle before they get to the second layer. Yeah, it's just – you know, when, when I when I look at this defense, and I thought J.J. Watt, I thought he won some one-on-one battles yesterday, and that's good to see. I mean, he, you know, he hasn't he, he hasn't played against the Rams a ton, but he was looking for his first sack, and he's only you know he's going to play the Texans this year and the 49ers next week, and he doesn't have sacks against them. He he won't get one this year against the Patriots, but you know, it's just I guess what I, I was thinking here is when you can put pressure on the quarterback, and we talked about taking him off his spot and everything else. And listen, Chandler Jones, I mean, I mean, he didn't really fill up the stat sheet, but the fact that when he breaks the huddle, you got to know where he's at. And so imagine if Chandler Jones and, and J.J. Watt didn't fill up the stat sheet, but, I mean, I think Kennard done a really good job. He didn't play a ton, but he, he sets the edge. And then, you know, we got a chance to see Taylor uh, Tanner Vallejo and Zeke Turner only a couple snaps late in the game, but – you know, I, I I like where they are, and, you know, the thing about Vance is, you know, I like that he came up with a different game plan because I think they were just anticipating they're going to play a 3-4. Um, and the Cardinals normally like to play man-to-man press, but sometimes you have to play a zone because now you're forcing uh, Stafford to make tight throws. Well, we know he can do it, but he did miss some guys on the sidelines yesterday. He was not as effective or efficient. didn't seem like he was on the same page with his receivers as he was to the first three games. Now, was how much of that was what he was seeing defensively and then trying to react with what Vance Joseph was putting out there? Now, that might have been 
a, a factor in it as well. But, uh, you know, we look at the number of sacks, zero. Chandler Jones doesn't have any in, since week one. Those, you know, I, I, I have a hard time saying it's not a big deal because you're winning, yet you are putting pressure on the quarterback. And I do think quarterbacks now, after week one, they're getting the ball out quicker. One and a half, two seconds, and they don't want Chandler Jones to get into the backfield. They don't want J.J. Watt to get into the backfield. But you are making it uncomfortable for those quarterbacks. They don't have a clean pocket. They are getting knocked, hit around, pressured, and it's a credit to the linebackers and the secondary that they are covering the pass catchers in the open field to where it is making it much more difficult for balls to be completed. Yeah, and listen, they are moving Chandler around. Obviously, you know, he's normally lines up on the right side, so they are looking for different matchups. And, you know, I'm not saying he's a decoy because that would, that would be, uh, you know, disrespect him, but other guys are coming in and cleaning up. I mean, that, that's where you see Isaiah Simmons and Jordan Hicks and, and a guy like Jalen Thompson who, like I said, I'm – I mean, this safety, these two safeties, they can hit. Uh, he's becoming like Buddha number two. I mean, it's impressive now. You know, you look at the uh, you know some of the depth there with Banjo, and you know, I guess when you look at DeAndre Thompson, he's not playing as much. But but the fact they got Jalen Thompson in the supplemental draft. Do you remember the day he arrived in camp? It was a di- it was the first day of training camp. I want to say. And it was the first opportunity we had a chance to speak with him. He came up to the press box yep. and had about maybe a four or five minutes, uh, quick informal. Q&A, if you will, and all of a sudden it was like, all right, here you go, kid. Welcome to the team. Yeah, and if he would have stayed in school, he probably would have been a second-round pick. And then you look at his body now. I mean, he's 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 growing up right in front of our eyes. If you look at just his body type and the way he hits in the open field, I mean, that's good because you can have the great pass rushers, but if teams are able to rush outside this, uh, the tackle box and your corners aren't tackling, that could be an issue. He did have a couple of penalties, a holding call and a pass interference call. And, you know, some of these calls, again, it the officials look and it always airs on the side of the offense. That, I, that's just the way it is. I just like the way he tattooed Cooper Cup on the sidelines. And it was a legal hit. And, and again, so that, that this tells me that, you know, he's he, he, he can kind of zero in on the guys and make these hits. And he does a really good job in the open field. A lot. Uh, defenders contributed to what the defense did. One touchdown allowed on eight possessions before that final score. And even more important than that, we talked about the Cardinals and their inability on goal to go to score touchdowns offensively. Well, defensively, they kept the Rams out of the end zone twice on goal-to-go situations. Second quarter, there was a first and goal at the 10. They kick a field goal. And in that first quarter, first and goal at the 8, and they turn it over on downs. Robert Alford had a great hit on Matthew Stafford. Did he get in? Did he not? I don't know, but a great hit by Robert Alford. And then Tanner Vallejo in coverage on Tyler Higby. And if you watch the game or see some of the highlights, you see Vance Joseph running down the sidelines because I watched that play a couple of different times this morning. Once the ball is snapped, Vallejo makes a beeline left, knowing exactly where Higby's going to go. Now, unfortunately, Vallejo did not get credit for a pass breakup, but he was in there. He made it difficult. It was a low throw, but it was an incomplete pass, and Coach Joseph right there to cheer on his defense and someone that we don't talk a lot about defensively in Vallejo, who's more of a special teams player. You know what that tells me? Film session. Something he saw in film session, just like in week one when uh, Ryan Tannehill had that, that flea flicker, Byron Murphy was out of position. Fast forward to the Jacksonville game. 
he saw the running back was going to throw the ball back to the quarterback, and he, he ran to get to that spot. And here he ends up getting a pick six. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, little things. I mean, that that's – and, again, we know that Vallejo and and, and uh, Zeke Turner and – you know, they're more special teams player. It was, you know, it was nice he didn't get a ton of snaps, but it was nice when they went with that NASCAR package when they go five. It was nice to see Gardick out there. First time we have seen Gardick this season. He was activated off injured reserve on Saturday. And then, yeah, he did get some snaps both on special teams and on defense. It wasn't a lot, but enough. Five snaps on defense, 16 on special teams. And I do think that number five as far as defensive snaps will increase. But a great job by Devon Kennard as far as what he was able to do, Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones. So, that's just going to add more depth to the defense with Gardeck now on the field. Yeah, and, you know, if, if the team's trailing and they need to put that NASCAR package in where we're going to bring more numbers and you can block, that's he'll get more opportunities. But, you know, Chandler Jones, he didn't play the entire game, Chandler. 61 of the 68 snaps. So that's another way. And Marcus Golden, Kennard's, Kennard snap cup wasn't as high as I thought it was just based on watching the game but you'd like to get a little nice little rotation we always talk about the rotation on the D-line you got to keep Chandler and J.J. fresh and so far it hasn't been an issue when it comes to the fourth quarter yeah J.J. Watt 48 of the 68 snaps and then you look at some of the other snap count numbers with respects to the cornerbacks Robert Alford played the most 66 of the 68 Marco Wilson 64 of 68 Byron Murphy amongst the top three corners played the fewest only 48 but that's because he was injured in the first quarter and television said he had a was dealing with a back injury though postgame Murphy said he got hit in the rib and was dealing with a rib issue, bruise, whatever it was, but didn't sound like to him it was going to be a big deal. He actually, in fact, only missed, I think, one possession, came back and then played the rest of the game. But that is someone now all of a sudden in the – like a Chandler Jones or a J.J. Watt or a Buda Baker, you can't afford to lose a Byron Murphy. He is playing that well right now. Yeah, and they showed it on TV, and they, they had this spray, and, and – and they were spraying the side of his body where they're going to put the the um, some kind of device where it, where it won't stick. And so once they started wrapping him up there, clearly it was more about the ribs. Yeah, so good for Byron Murphy that he is okay. Good for Marco Wilson. We think he's okay. He actually tweeted immediately after the ball game. So he got knocked out in the second half. So hopefully he is good to go as well. And Look, the Cardinals at 4-0, they enjoy it. But as they say, you can only enjoy it for 24 hours. you got to turn the page. But right now, the only team in the NFC that is undefeated, first place in the NFC West. And the Raiders play tonight. Uh, they're going to play at SoFi Stadium. Of course, they're playing the Los Angeles Chargers. We know they got a nice young quarterback. Raiders feel like this is their year. Chiefs came back to earth yesterday. So um, it could be if the Raiders lose tonight, the Cardinals are the only unbeaten team, not only in the NFC, but the entire National Football League. And no one, no one saw that coming. No, no, no. Listen, Craig, I, you know, if you lose that game to the Rams, you can say, okay, they're, they got a you know, better quarterback. We know how good they are defensively. They got some weapons. And then you just don't want any, any carryover to where now all of a sudden you lose to the, to the 49ers, and we'll get into them and their quarterback situation. Then you got to go on the road to play the Browns. So I'm going to get greedy here and take care of business. Another another division game at home. 
you know. Um, so, or I guess yesterday was on the road. This would be the first one. But for the most part, this team has won three road games, and that is impressive. I, it's hard to win on the on the road in the NFL. Cardinals have not, again, won their first three games on the road since 2009. And so three of their four wins have come away from State Farm Stadium. It's going to even itself out eventually, but this was a tough early schedule for the Cardinals. And so far through four games, they've aced that test. Yeah, and, and again, that's, as from a team standpoint, they want to go 1-0 and this week. They're not looking ahead um, to the Browns game or the Texans game or the Packers game, which is going to be on a Thursday night football. The last word belongs to Brenson Buckner, defensive line quote, defensive line coach on social media. 4-0 means you can't go 3-14. and 14. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> go back to work Monday. Hashtag move on Mondays. It's not a victory Monday. It's a, a move, move on. on Mondays. I like it. Whatever I, it I've takes. I've never heard that before, but uh, that certainly works for the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, also this week, want to remind everyone, episode three of Cardinals Folktales, one time in Mexico, debuts this week, October 6th. It's a look back at a 2005 game between the Cardinals and 49ers in Mexico City, the first ever NFL regular season game to take place on foreign soil. It debuts on Wednesday. Go to the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Hopefully you've been enjoying all episodes of Cardinals Folktales. These have been much, much enjoyable as far as being able to work on and then going through the process to see the, see these now live, if you will, uh, on screen. So it's been a lot of work, and now I think we're all enjoying the benefits of that work over the offseason. And when it comes to folktales, it's going to be 11 different series. They're all fantastic, great storytelling. Uh, you know, it comes to some of the graphics, and uh, it, it's fascinating. And you guys did a great job, and you put a lot of work into it. And, you know, right now we're enjoying the season, but there's there's other days during the week where you can – Watch it, and uh, you, you, if you're not familiar with the history at certain uh, eras of this franchise, you're going to get a chance to catch up on a lot of different things. And for you diehard fans, you'll say, I remember that, I remember that, and that's the beauty of folktales. One Time in Mexico debuts on Wednesday, October 6th, and also if you've missed them, you can catch up on past episodes, Legendary Locker, and The Night the Goalposts Vanished. Again, Cardinals Folktales on youtube.com slash azcardinals. Enjoy it, Bird Gang. Undefeated and first place in the NFC West. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.